Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to part three of uh, Hell in a Handbasket. I want to get right into uh, continuing the uh, interview with Amayati uh, Shakur, Queen Shakur, as I call her. Let's get right back into this episode. But when it's a black person who's not even the killer, they're merely the victim. By some random crazed lunatic from dominant society. They go and look up police records to try to find any dirt that they can. Just like they did with the Maude Arbery, remember? They said that he was arrested for shoplifting in high school. Even if he was, what did that have to do with him being uh, lynched by these racists, okay? They do this all the time. They couldn't find any arrest records for Trayvon Martin after he was lynched by George Zimmerman. But, oh, they did find out that he had, in fact, been suspended from school for smoking weed. So they brought that out. And let's not forget the young black girl who was 18 years old and her and her sister were both stabbed. Okay, their throats were slit by a crazed racist lunatic from Dominican Society on the subway. And the one who died, the first picture that they thought to put out of her was of what was a picture of her holding what looked like a gun. Only it wasn't a gun. It was a phone case that was shaped like a gun. But they put this out. Why? Because they were trying to make her look like a thug. Like she was some type of gangbanger or some type of criminal. Someone who was hood. Someone who was from the streets. Trying to dirty her image. This is what they do. Now, the reason you see the nice picture of Ahmaud Arbery in the tuxedo, <laughs> that's not thanks to the lamestream media. You see, when you see those type of images of our people, Okay, that paint them in a more human light. Okay, what, that paint them as who they are, an innocent victim. When you see those type of pictures, those pictures are released by the new black news media. Okay, just like when the racist white guy in Louisville, Kentucky went into Kroger and shot the black people. Those nice pictures of them were all put out by a member of black, new black news media. Because, hey, the lamestream media is not trying to show any of us in a positive light. They're trying to make us look like the bad guy so that they feel justified in their lynchings. This is what they do. It's so funny how they go out here and they commit and perpetrate the crimes, these heinous crimes against our people, but then try to paint our people as bad people, as, you know, the ones who deserved it. You, it just goes to show you the mindset, the mental capacity of these people. Because, in fact, even if you are a criminal, don't you deserve your day in court? Shouldn't you be arrested and taken in for questioning? I mean, should you be arrested, put in jail, and then given a bond and given your rights and given an attorney and given a chance to go to court and speak your side of the story? No. Very often, our people never make it to court because they're killed by der deranged lunatics from dominant society. And then the rest of the deranged, degenerate lunatics try to come up with lies and innuendo and BS and rhetoric to justify what their own savages have done. This is what they do. Now, how do you, what do you do with that, people? What do you do 
with that. And then they have the nerve to call black people who don't want to deal with them, who have no love for them, and who call them what they are. They have the nerve to call those of us who do that racist. Make it make sense. We're racist because we're sick of their racism. We're racist because we speak out against the things that they do. Because they usually, nine times out of the ten, have malice of forethoughts, ill intentions, and some type of hidden agenda. And they're always showing their racism. But no, as I told you before, they love to project themselves onto us. What they want to do is bring us down to their level. And the only way they can come up with doing that is because we don't go out here and treat them the way they treat us. We don't. If we did, they would have stopped their BS a long time ago. That's why I'm telling you, and I'm going to tell you again, you're probably getting tired of hearing it. But we have to start giving them the same energy they give us. We have to start treating them the exact same way they treat us. We need to pick apart the lives of their victims. This is what we need to do. We have to pick apart the lives of their victims and demonize them as well. Okay? Because that's what I'm going to always do from now on. Whenever one of their people is killed or charged with a crime or whatever, I'm going to dig up whatever dirt I can and post it online. Yes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to paint a narrative about them. I'm going to push an agenda. I'm going to spread dirt on their name whenever I find it. I'm going to use specific words to describe them like savages, Neanderthals, killers. Okay? Yes, I am. This is what I'm going to do. Because you see, this is what they do to our people. This is what they do. So I'm going to do the same thing. The same energy they put out is exactly what they're going to get. They want to call our people goons. They're goons. They want to say our people were gangbangers. They are too. Oh, they do have white gangs. You understand what I'm saying? But they call them different words. Like mafia. Like militia. You see, this is what they do. Because here's the thing. You see, the black militia, they do what a militia is supposed to do. They protect their people and they stand up for righteous causes when they're being denied rights, when their people are being murdered, unarmed in the streets by racists and by race soldiers. This is what they do. They stand up and speak in their defense and they provide protection for their people. But what the white militia does is they show up with guns blazing at what they call a peaceful protest. How is it a peaceful protest when you have guns and ammunition? What is the purpose of that? When you are making threats to law enforcement and to the governor, when they're bringing dolls with the same color hair as their governor, with a noose around her neck and shouting things like, oh, someone needs to have, a, someone needs to be hung from a tree. When they're saying these type of things, when they're turning violent and getting into fist fights and melee and causing chaos and pandemonium on the steps of the Capitol. Okay, these are the things that their militias do, right? Threats, violence, and all kinds of melee. This is what they do. So with that all being said, they're never fighting for a righteous cause. The only thing they're ever fighting for is the fact that they're being told to do something that they don't want to do. How is that a righteous cause? Because everyone else, not just them. Now, here's the thing. Here's when it would possibly make sense. If...
the governor said specifically to white people, white people, you're going to stay in the house. You're going to shelter in place and you must practice social distancing. Now, with that being said, if the white people came outside and other people came outside or whatever, uh, this is another scenario. If all of the people who were supposed to be under social distancing came outside and were breaking the rules, but the police only beats and arrested the white people. Then if the militia was complaining about sheltering in place and social distancing, it would make sense. But that's not happening to dominant society. That's happening to us. But you don't see black people out here with guns threatening the police, telling the governor they're going to kill her and holding up signs and holding up uh, dolls with nooses around the neck of a doll that's supposed to be an image of the governor. You don't see black people doing these things, but yet they would like to have everyone think that they fear for black people. How do they when white men are the one who killed the police more than anyone on earth? When white men are the ones who are most pre, uh, predisposed to being mass shooters and serial killers and domestic terrorists. White men. Okay? Not ISIS. We shouldn't be fearing ISIS. We should be fearing vanilla ISIS. Okay? Vanilla ISIS. Those are the ones. Those are the terrorists. They're the real terrorists. Call them who they are. Call them who they are. Domestic terrorists. They're so used to doing what they want and not following the rules that they, they're used to making us follow rules. Or they're used to making rules. Yes, this is what they do. This is what they do. You see, dominant society is like a spoiled child. They're like a group of spoiled children. You know how you let a child, as a, as a toddler, you let them get away with things. And you tell them, don't do that. Stop that. You're going to get a spanking. And you pat them on their hand. You tap them lightly on their hand to let them know, no, no, no. Don't do that. And then this same child starts doing bigger and bigger things that are wrong. You know, they start off with a little something like sneaking into candy that you told them not to go in. And then the next thing you know, they're going to the refrigerator, you know, sneaking in drinks or whatever food that they're not supposed to go in. Then later on. Eventually, as they keep getting older and more bolder and bolder, because this all makes people emboldened, right? Even children. Even children are smart enough to know this. And then when this child gets old enough and starts realizing, hey, mommy and daddy have a gun in their room. I'm going to go and get it. Then they'll go in the room and they'll get that gun. This is how dominant society is. They start off doing little things to see how far they can get or how much they can get away with and how far it's going to go. And law enforcement doesn't do anything. They'll just... Pat them on the hand. No, no, no. Don't do that. Like they warned them when they brought the guns to the Capitol and stood over the people who work there, stood over the employees, right? Intimidating them. And the police just simply patted them on the hand and said, no, don't do that. If you come back with guns, brandishing weapons, you just may be arrested. That didn't scare them nor deter them. They came right back with weapons. And guess what? They weren't arrested. And they knew they wouldn't be. So they came back and did more. And then, in fact, they started making threats to the governor. That was yesterday. And then now they've made threats to state troopers. And they blocked the entry and told them, no, you're not going to deliver anything to him. He's not going to take your cease and desist. And you're not going to stop him from having clients come in his business. And we're not going to let you take him to jail. Defiant. 
evidently this is what they're doing. And they have their guns to let you know you can get the smoke if you try. This is how they behave. And when they don't get their way, they throw temper tantrums just like little children. Just like little children. They throw, throw temper tantrums. That's why they got into the fight on the Capitol steps. Because they were throwing a tantrum. Everyone was angry and upset because things weren't going the way they wanted to go. And they feel entitled. Okay? They feel entitled and emboldened. Because, hey, they're used to getting their way. And now that this pandemic is going on, you're going to tell them when they can come and out of, come and go from their own homes. You're going to tell them they have to wear masks. You're going to tell them they can't gather in groups. You think you're going to tell them something? When you've been letting them get away and run amok all these years, they're not going to have it. Just like a child that you let run amok when they're young, by the time that child's a teenager, you cannot control them. They will, in fact, control you. And if you try to control them, they will beat your behind often. Well, same thing with dominant society. That's why they've got their guns. You're not going to come threatening them now. They're going to threaten you right back. And they're going to be even more defiant because... As we know, for years, this is what they've gotten from the police. Nothing but slaps on the wrist. That's just what they do. And that's what they're going to continue to do. That's the reason why I'm so proud of, uh, of, of uh, New Black Media who's standing up against this uh, uh, privileged society who think that this is just going to go on for the rest of the world's life they think they're going to continue to have this um plateau where where we can do and say what we want to do and we're going to get slapped on the wrist and they probably will but i guarantee you this time uh, uh of the new black uh media news media is going to be behind them to report these stories and what do i think that's going to do i think finally it's going to bring enough tension to uh enough attention to this uh uh wrongdoing that uh it's going to have to end or the playing field is going to start uh leveling out and we're not going to continue to be at the uh bottom and the foot of a prominent uh society or should i say privileged society no we're gonna put an end to that Interact with armed <laughs> miscreants. Yeah, I hear you. Exactly. Even the police doesn't want to interact with armed miscreants. No, the police don't. Let me tell you something. The police are cowards, most of them. Okay? As I told you, they have no problem beating, bashing about the heads, face, and all of that. Beating black people to a pulp when they're unarmed. Now, here's the thing that I noticed. I'm going to tell you what I noticed. Have any of you seen footage of police actually fighting with black people who put up a fight? Not black people who just start crying and shaking and fall on the ground and yelling and screaming and all that stuff while the rest of them are holding out cameras. But have you ever seen black men just really get angered and start fighting back? You see what happens, don't you? How they beat the crap out of the police very often. Did you all see that video of the TSA uh, agents when the black guy and his wife, who were Muslims, black Muslims, they were going through and uh, for whatever reason, they tased his wife. And this black guy, he lost it. He beat 
the crap out of three of them. Three of them, okay? And here's the thing. This is why they only attack and assault unarmed black people. And black people who they feel are defenseless. And if they get into a fight with one black person who's actually resistant, because most of the times they're just yelling resistance, uh, stop resisting just for the sake of yelling it, you know, to make it look as though they have to beat your behind. But as you'll notice, when they attack black men, notice how like seven, eight, nine, ten or more police always run and jump in the melee. They jump people just like gang bankers do. Okay, this is what they do because they're cowards and they're weak. And it makes them feel macho. It makes them feel like they have some type of bravado when they can just beat people. I saw a video just the other day with this racist beast and he was arguing with this black man for no apparent reason, just, you know, singled him out, started verbally assaulting him, bashing him or whatever. And the black man was speaking up for himself. And then the little Neanderthug grabbed him by the arm. Do you know how mad that would make somebody? To, for you to just grab them. But who do these people think they are? Who do they think they are? Let me tell you something. When somebody is just putting their hands on you, harassing you, beating you, or whatever, and they have no reason to be doing so, they have no probable cause, you have not committed a crime, they're just doing so, and you know it's all because they're racist. Now, you can sit there and take it, or you can say, you know what, I'm not putting up with this. Here's the thing. If they're going to kill you anyway, what have you got to lose? Ask yourself. Now, I'm not condoning violence. I'm just telling you to ask yourself the question. Literally, if they're going to possibly kill you anyway, what do you have to lose? If I feel like I'm going to die, I'm going to start swinging back. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling you that's what I'm going to do. If I feel like someone is trying to kill me, oh, I'm going to lash out. I am going to go out with a bang, okay? And I'm going to try to take them with me. That's just the facts. Now, I'm not going out by myself. Some domestic terrorist wants to assault and attack me for no reason. I don't even know you. I didn't do anything. Why are you all up in my face? Why are you attacking me physically? Endangering your well-being. It's all crazy. See, here's the thing. They try to intimidate black people into not defending themselves. That's why they come to black people's homes with so-called no-knock warrants in plain clothes and unmarked vehicles. And then kicking your door. Now they're putting you between a rock and a hard place because then you have to decide, am I going to fight back? Am I going to fire my gun? Is this a home invader? Is this the police? Are they at the wrong house? Who's got time to think about all that, honey? Let me tell you something. If somebody kicking my door and I don't know who they are and they're not supposed to be there or whatever and I know I haven't done any wrong, I haven't committed any crime, I'm going to start blasting, okay? Because I have a right to protect myself. Now, if that person happens to just be somebody bringing a no-knock warrant, how am I supposed to know this? How am I supposed to know? You have to make split-second decisions, right? And conveniently, when the police make split-second decisions and they make the wrong decision that costs other people their lives, they say, oh, well, the police are under pressure. They're under stress. They have dangerous jobs. They have to make split-second decisions. But when you do the same thing, out of the same frustration, the same fright, the same stressful situation, you make the wrong decision as far as they're concerned. Really, it's the right decision because you're supposed to protect yourself. But if you make a decision that they deem is the wrong decision, you don't get the same courtesy that they get? Why is that? Why is that? How does that make a bit of sense? We have to make split-second decisions, too. Okay? You're sitting in your house watching TV, minding your business, 
talking to a friend on the phone and somebody bursts through your door with regular clothes on, how are you supposed to know that they're not someone there to kill you, rob you, or kill someone in your house? How do you know this? You don't. That's the answer. You don't. And at the point that you don't, you must follow the rules of engagement, period, points, and serious, okay? That's what you have to do. But these intimidation tactics that they use to try to discourage black people from protecting their own lives is crazy. Okay? You have one life given to you by the Most High, okay? Man didn't give you this life, the Most High did. And the men or man should not be able to decide when you lose it. All right? They should not be able to decide when they don't get to decide. When, you, when, when it's your time to go. They're not God. In fact, they're the devil, if you ask me. Okay? Now, I'm not condoning violence, as I always say. But what I'm saying is, you have to defend your life by any means necessary when anyone is maliciously trying to take it. And that is 100% true. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand that, my black people, I want you to understand this, please, my minority people, I want you to know that you have the right to defend yourselves and you can't be scared and you can't be cowardly because you don't want to suffer the ramifications behind uh, whatever it is that you deem you must do in order to protect yourself. You have to do that. Arm yourselves. I'm not promoting violence. I'm promoting protection. I'm promoting a, a, a defense in the uh, event that something else like this happens where they just bust down your door and think that and feel that they're within their rights to do so uh, when they're not. Ladies and gentlemen, they were not in their rights to kick down uh, uh, Brianna's door. Oh, uh, not Brianna, but uh, uh, um, Brianna. They didn't have this right. And her boyfriend showed them that you don't have this right. And he started firing his weapon at what he legitimately thought was a threat. It was a threat. They killed his girlfriend. Or his, fian or her, uh, his fiance shot her eight times. And God knows if he didn't have that weapon on him to put up some type of uh, defense, offer uh, some type of protection, he'd probably be dead too. We know he would be. It would, and it would all be getting swept under the rug by lamestream media. And by them, by this fake, uh, false judicial system. That's what I call it because that's what it is when it comes to black people. And this gentleman is still fighting for his life, as far as I'm concerned, because they have filed um, charges against him for uh, 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 the attempted murder of a police officer. But no, what Queen Secure is telling you is absolutely right. 
that's the same thing Charlemagne said on the um, interview with MSNBC. Him and uh, Al Sharpton. He said, I ain't got no faith in this system. I, I never did and I never will. And that's why I'm telling each and every uh, um, black person out here to go and get yourself a, a, a legal firearm and um, and get uh, taught on how to use it and how to defend yourself. Because they're not going to just uh, teach you um, how to use this uh, uh, firearm. But they're going to show you and tell you uh, when to use it. And one of the prime examples that they would have gave you is what happened um, to Brianna and, and, and um, Kenna. That was a perfect time to use it because they had no idea what they were up against. And let me tell you something. If someone's trying to take your life, I don't care if you've committed a crime. If you've committed a crime, you need to be arrested and booked in and thrown in the cell and read your rights during interrogation and given an attorney and have your day in court. It's called due process. This is what's supposed to happen. You know, I love the way these idiots try to justify them just killing unarmed black people. Oh, they shouldn't have been committed a crime. Oh, they should have been disrespecting the law officers. Let me tell you something. There's no law that says you have to respect the police. Black people don't respect the police all the time. They disrespect them. They curse them out. They flip them birds. They say whatever they want to say. But, oh, and they don't do anything when white people do this. But you let a black person talk back to them, they want to kill you because you were talking back. You understand what I'm saying? Or they want to try to pad charges on you. This is what they do. Let me tell you something, people. There has been a war waging on us. For hundreds of years in this country, it never ended. It started in 1619 when the first slave ships arrived on this shore. In fact, it started before that. It started when they went to Africa and stole and kidnapped our ancestors who were prisoners of war. That's when it started. And it has continued to this day. Okay? Now, here's the thing. With that being said, do they think that we will forever just sit here and go along with it and not get tired at some point and say, no, we're going to lash out like the Haitians did when they fought in the revolution in 1804? Is that what they think, that we're just going to continue to sit by? It's all so crazy. How does it make sense? At some point, people get tired and fed up. This eventually happens. Okay? This is what eventually happens. Now, either... They start treating us with the same respect that they give every other race and treating us fairly. And instead of killing black people unarmed, just take them to jail if they commit a crime. So they can be afforded due process as the law requires. Okay. But if they're operating outside of the law, are they law enforcement any longer? No. They have become then, at that point, domestic terrorists. That's what they become. Okay? That's what they have become. So I'm just saying, you have to defend yourself, period, point, and blank. And at the end of the day, our situation is not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse. We keep hearing all of these random stories every other day. Okay? We keep hearing all of these stories. 
Why do we keep hearing them so often? Because they have no consequences for the things they do. But conveniently, black officers, if they kill a white person, even if they're justified in doing so, dominant society will say they're not justified. And when white officers kill unarmed black people and they aren't justified, then dominant society says that they are. You see, that's because they make the rules as they go. And they make the rules as it always goes in their favor. This is what they've always done and they continue to do. And like I told you, they still think that we're their slaves. They still think they can brutalize us, you know, do whatever they want, even rape black women. Remember that police officer in Oklahoma who raped those 13 black women and got away with this for such a long time. So finally, one brave woman was bold enough to come forward. Okay, but these are the things they do. And then they want to act like they're supposed to always take the police officer's words. Here's the thing. The police are bigger criminals than criminals in the streets very often. Now, there was a case not long ago where the entire police department in Florida was arrested. The entire police department, people. You can look this up. The entire police department was arrested because what? Oh, because they were money laundering for drug cartels. The police, yes. Then... There was a report that the police within a nine year span had committed 400 rapes at least. Yes, you can look all of this stuff up, stuff up, okay? 400 rapes in a nine year span. There was also a police officer, a high ranking police officer who had been awarded for his duty and his service, okay? He was arrested on 30 counts of possession of child porn and of raping, wait for it, dogs, his canine included. Yes. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, a black man got 45 years in prison for killing a police dog that was attacking him. And here is a common practice that they do also, just so you know. Very often they'll bring those canine to the scene and have them attack a black man. Remember the black guy they had the dog just mangling his growing area, biting him all in his privates and all of that stuff? And the race soldiers, what they'll do is they won't call the dog off. No, they won't call the dog off. Yeah, I remember what they'll that. do is I they'll remember pull that. on the dog's leash to make it look for anyone who's filming it or recording to make it look as though they're trying to stop the dog. They know they're not trying to stop the dog. As I told you before, the way to stop the dog is to give it a verbal command because when they train these canines, they learn verbal commands. This is what they what they uh, respond to. Now, pulling on the dog's chain and yanking on the dog, that's just only aggravating the dog further and making them attack the person more ferociously. So don't fall for it. They're very crafty with the things they do. Okay? How do you know when race soldiers are lying? Well, their lips are moving. Their lips are moving. Clearly, they're the biggest liars. Okay? Please. But we're supposed to believe it. They do all of these cover-ups. They do all of these illegal activities. And then they try to hide them and sweep them under the rug. And the media perpetuates the lies with them, the lamestream media. And the chiefs of police often do as well, and even the mayors in certain cases. These are the things they do. But we're supposed to think they're here to protect the serve. No, they're not. Not as it pertains to black people, they're not. They're, 
and she's 100% right about that. There's many stories that come across my desk, a lot of them that I can't even report because uh, I already have an agenda of stories that uh, I'm trying to produce. And uh, I get stories just like what she's talking about uh, uh, run across my desk every day. And there has to be some type of uh, um, way that we can uh, stop and prevent these things from happening. And there is. That's supporting your uh, your new black uh, news media that's out here. We have to support them so we can uh, continue to bring you these stories. And why I'm mentioning that, please, everybody, don't forget to uh, share and follow and uh, support this uh, network and the many others out there that are trying to bring you these known stories that would otherwise be brought to you either with some sugar on them or, or some frosting on it or uh, um, cooked down so much that you don't know what the truth is about what went on with the news stories. You know, all you may be able to believe is the, the part about um, that a black person was killed. But all the other scenarios that they're going to give you behind the reason why it happened, yeah, you can't believe it. They didn't cook that stuff down so much that it's so far from the truth that uh, uh, it, it's, in, uh, it's, uh, it's hard to believe. Okay, these are the things they do. Yes, they have that badge to commit crime. Yes, they've been given a license to kill. Literally, this is what they do. And you know, people will often tell me, Oh, you need to watch what you say about the police and this and that because you saw what happened to Sandra Bland. Let me tell you something I don't fear anyone. Okay. I don't fear anyone at the end of the day. This is the problem with black people. A lot of black people won't speak out. A lot of black people won't do anything but pull out cell phones because they are afraid. It's okay to be afraid. Trust me. It's okay. Okay? Sometimes I am afraid. But here's the difference. I am never going to allow fear to stop me from speaking out on the behest, at the behest of my people. I'm never going to do that. I'm not going to do it. Okay? Death comes to us all. And as I told you before, the cost of freedom is often death. And if you aren't willing to die for your freedom or the freedom of your people, your children, your grandchildren, then why are you living? Why are you living? We had ancestors who literally jumped from ships because they knew that death was better than bondage. We are enslaved right now as we speak, chattel slavery. Okay? We are prisoners of war. They brought our ancestors here by force. We are here because they kidnapped our ancestors. But they love to tell us to go back to Africa. Why the hell didn't they just leave us in Africa? Why didn't they leave our ancestors there? No, they didn't. So with that all being said, black people, you cannot live in fear. To live a life of fear where fear controls you, where it dictates everything that you do and say and think, that's not living at all. You're already dead. In that case, you simply haven't laid down yet. Okay? That is just the case. Right? You need to ask yourself. 
You need to ask yourself, as I asked myself years ago, are you going to be a house nigga? Are you going to be a field nigga? Or are you going to be a runaway slave? That's what you need to ask yourself. You see, I am the resistance. I am the runaway slave. All right? I'm not going to be your house nigga. I'm not going to be your field nigga. I'm going to be the slave who fights back. Period. And you should be too. You should be too. That's the only way to liberate yourself. That is the only way to liberate yourself. And that, as I told you, is often the cost of freedom. That's just the way it is. So with that all being said, family, I'm going to go ahead and close out this live. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. I'd like to remind you that you can follow me on Facebook at Amadaya Amadahi Shakur. You can follow me on Instagram at Amadahi Shakur. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at TheGoddess27. And also, you can check me out on my YouTube channel at Queen Amadaya Shakur, where I go live nightly between 9 and 9.30. Amadaya Shakur. Finally, I get that name right. Amadaya Shakur. Queen Shakur was um, so uh, profound in this message that she was bringing to you that I do encourage you to uh, uh, follow her at all of the places that she uh, told you about. She's she's another queen from the uh, uh, Fly Nubian Queen Network. I encourage each and every one of you to uh, uh, check them out because uh, not only her, but there's a lot of... Uh, profound and uh, educated and um, intelligent queens on that platform who are just as informative if not more uh, than she is I encourage you to check out many new uh, black news media uh, platforms that's uh, out here in order for you to stay informed to uh get uh, ideas, uh, uh, become educated in the uh, of, of the way of uh, of change. Because there's got to be a change, ladies and gentlemen. We, we as black people cannot continue to live our lives like this. We can't continue to live in fear. You're going to have to shake that fear. We can't continue to uh, exist with this slave-type mentality. You must rid yourself of this. All of these things are uh, tools used by um, um, you know who they are. The predominant uh, uh, white society. The supremacists. The old white men. All the ones who are in control of everything that's going on. And they've got so many tools, so many tools that they're using against us. We had to start shaking ourselves of these uh, uh, of these shackles. We got to start shaking ourselves uh, away from doing little small things that could uh, get us uh, locked up for years. If you want to get locked up for years and uh, whatever, at least let it, gentlemen, be something that you were trying to do. Uh, to shake this mentality, to shake this fear, to remove these shackles, 
to start standing up instead of laying down. Give you a prime example. As if you haven't had one already. 
And as I watched the events following the press releases that followed the killing of, uh, of uh, Trayvon Martin, I watched in disgust as I saw Barack Obama just chewing his words, just speaking with so much fear, as if to say that even if I'm in the White House, even if you have a black man in the White House, there is nothing that I can do about this because the system is already set up in a way that is going to take centuries, if not decades, to, to correct. In black neighborhoods, <clears throat> you have national statistics indicating that one in every four black men will go to prison in their lifetime. The statistics also say that more than two million black children are growing up without their fathers because their fathers are incarcerated. The mass incarceration in the, in the American system is a message from the system. The system is saying, we have you where we want you. The system is saying, we can do anything we want to you and you can do nothing about it. <clears throat> Why are, are the black people facing this kind of, 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 of savage-like treatment? You see, in ancient times when slavery was outlawed and people started saying, you know, it's illegal, it is inhumane, they wanted to find a way of breaking the spirit of the black people, the black man in particular. They wanted a way of breaking the image, destroying the image of the black man in front of his children, in front, in the eyes of his children, in the eyes of his woman, his wife, and in the eyes of his family. So what did they do? They made sure that the black men are either unemployed or unemployable. They made sure that in black neighborhoods, there are liquor stores in every corner. They made sure that in every black neighborhood, there are guns on sale. They made sure that in every black neighborhood, illegal drugs somehow found their way into the system. And they made sure, of course, that they never get employed. So here you have a man who is unemployed, who has access to alcohol, who has access to guns, and who has access to illegal drugs. Of course, what are you going to do? And you cannot get employed because of the color of your skin. I want you people to pay attention. Every black man and woman that is under the sound of this, of, of, of my voice right now, whether you are in the USA or the, Uni the United Kingdom or in Europe, you are not wanted. And this is my appeal to you. you we are not going to stand by here and begin counting people. We, don't, we are tired of counting our dead that are abroad, that were taken overseas under slavery. It is time for you to prepare yourself mentally and psychologically to return home to the African continent where you are the majority. Thank God we are already rolling out a program to, to, to grant citizenship to brothers and sisters from all over the world that want to relocate to the African continent. I spoke to you know, one of the representatives of uh, you know, this kind of program. I can't say much about it right now, but thankfully I got a very, very good signal from her. She's currently out of the country, but when she returns, she's going to take it very seriously. So. Again, I say to you people, again, I say to you, continental Africans and the African diaspora, this is the plight that we face as black people all over the world. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're in Africa or you're abroad, even in South Africa, even in, you know, in, in, in the Congo, any part of Africa and any part of the world where a black person is subjected to injustice, that does not count. It only counts if the person that is facing injustice comes from the other side of the truck. But how long are we going to bury our, how long are we going to bury our young men? How long are parents, are mothers going to bury their sons? 
It is an era for a father or a mother to bury their young ones, their children. It is supposed to be gathered around. But we are looking at an American injustice system. And the black folks are out on the street protesting and protesting and demanding justice from a system that is unjust, that is set out to get them, to get you wherever you are. So I say to you, dear black people all over the world, listen and listen. In Africa, you are the majority. Wherever else you are, you are considered an ethnic minority. In some cases, we are considered you know, three-fifths of a human being. In some cases, we are monkeys. In some cases, we are survivors of slavery. In some cases, we are descendants of slaves. All kinds of names. Our true identity is back here on the motherland. It is time for us to get together, join our hands with the continental Africans and the African diaspora. Let us rebuild this great African empire. We cannot do it without you. You cannot do it without us. We need each other. We need to stop pointing fingers and stop counting our, you know, our black men and women being gunned down by white people and these people are not even facing any kind of penalty. Why? Because the system says black lives do not matter. Black, if you kill a black man, no problem. There is nothing that is going to be done to you. So I don't know what you think about you know, a few of the statistics that are put out in this video, but be sure to leave me your comments. Let me know what you think. It is high time we started having the conversation of our brothers and sisters being openly and warmly welcomed back to the African continent where you are loved, where you are treasured, where you are the majority. Thank you for Thank you for that. We appreciate that. Uh, and he is 100% correct about pretty much everything that he was saying. Now, I know some of you may feel strongly about uh, 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 relocating to, uh, to Africa, any parts of it. I mean, I am not against uh, what he's saying for us to uh, relocate, for us to uh, uh, unite here in America and abroad. And if some of the solutions are to uh, go where the black majority is, then to me, that doesn't sound so far-fetched. Even if you uh, you have some reservations about it, I would encourage you to um, go check them out. Go to the motherland. See a bunch of the uh, false narratives that they put out about that beautiful uh, um, country is true. And you're going to find out they're not. Because every time you want to turn around and you look at one of the uh, lamestream media uh, um uh, commercials or something like that they always showing you some impoverished neighborhood some uh, uh, impoverished uh, children who they say are hungry with big bellies and I'm not saying that that doesn't happen because it does but I'm saying that is nowhere near the whole of what's going on we've got impoverished neighborhoods uh, uh, in, in every part of the world and y'all already know that and they got many different names like ghetto and uh, uh, the hood, and, and um, uh, 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 the other side of the tracks. They got many names for us. But anyway, uh, guys, I, uh, I hope that this uh, um, a three-part series was informative enough for you to uh, start standing up. 
Get up off your backs. Get up off the ground. Get up off the chairs that you're sitting in. And uh, enjoying this fight for uh, uh, for us, and we're doing it by us, with us. We can't continue to uh, let the killing of uh, unarmed uh, um, black people rise the way that it's doing it's just rising it, 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 it's happening more pranking it's happening uh, more often and um a privileged society is uh continuing to allow it to happen because this benefits them and we all know since uh um they're trying to annihilate us and the ones that they're uh, of us that they're not trying to annihilate, they're keeping around because they're they're still on their backs. They're still in that slave type mentality, and and uh, that benefits them. We built this country. In fact, we're sustaining this country. And and uh, it, that will continue to happen until we uh, decide to uh, do something about it. And we have this motion has already started for this uh, new black media and um, uh, for the uh, um, to, for the world to take notice that we're not going to take this anymore. Just sitting down. We're not going to take this lying down. No, we're going to stand up and we're going to do what's right. Educate ourselves, arm ourselves, make ourselves aware that uh, we don't have to tolerate this. We don't have to tolerate this disrespect. We don't have to tolerate this tyranny. That's right, we don't. And we're not. I'm promoting a uh, 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 self-awareness i'm promoting protecting yourselves i'm and i'm yeah that if that means arming yourselves please do i mean i'd rather w jog down the street with a uh concealed weapon and be able to protect myself than not jogging at all because that's what they want no, we don't want you jogging, especially in this neighborhood. No, we don't want you having the comfort of, uh, of, of relaxing and sleeping in your own homes. We, wanna, we want to be able to kick down your door and murder you in your sleep. No, that's not going to happen anymore. Not, uh, if I have anything to say about it. Guys, I want to thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of Chilling with Teddy G. I really do wish everyone well. And uh, 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 as you know, y'all are always in my prayers. And you will always continue to be. But we're going to do more than just pray about it. 
we're going to start standing up for ourselves and start doing the, uh, the right thing, which is calling attention to this madness and putting it to an end. And I say all this to you under the uh, 1976 Fair Use Act, which is under Title 17, uh, uh, Section uh, 107, where allowances is made for the purpose of fair use, such as uh, criticism, uh, comment, news reporting, teachings, scholarships, and research. Fair use is permitted by the uh, copyright uh, statute that may uh, otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit educational and uh, personal use tends to balance into the favor, y'all, of fair use. I want each and every one of you to have a, a safe and a blessed day. I thank you for tuning in for this part three series of uh, of uh, Chilling with Teddy G under the title of uh, um, uh, of my uh, personal name so that you would know that you're getting the authentic uh, news broadcast and not know a watered-down version please everybody uh, I want y'all to uh, continue to social distance yourselves uh, start uh, uh, standing up for yourselves start arming yourselves, and start uh, becoming uh, aware of what's happening in your surroundings with the knowledge of knowing that uh, you can do something about it. I want each and every one of y'all to have a, uh, again, to have a safe and blessed day, and thank you for tuning in to Chilling with Teddy G. This is the end of part three of Hell in a Handbasket. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to uh, share, follow, and support this news channel. All proceeds that are collected goes right back into the operation uh, of this platform. Thank you so much for your support.